Are you one of the many couples who began your relationship in what we call the high octane or honeymoon stage, but now life has you wondering, where did all that love and connection go? Hey, if this sounds like part of your current story, welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. We want to help you experience God's best in marriage, a relationship that is stronger, deeper, and more exciting than ever before. So meet my wife and co-host, Stuart Anderson. And he's my husband and co-host, Dr. David Anderson. It's time for you to become the heroes of your marriage story. So let's get started. everybody. Welcome to the Red Truck Marriage Podcast. Hello, everyone. Our episode today is number 52, and it's called How to Make Your Marriage an Ideal Place to Hear and Express Feelings. Because one of the most common complaints that David and I hear from couples is he or she won't talk about their feelings. Mm, That is so true. (laughs) So today we want to talk about this topic. But honey, you know, I was just thinking, it just hit me. Um, I think we should pray for our listeners Mm -hmm. uh, in this podcast that it would, um, you know, be all that we would hope it would be for people. So I'm going to lift this up in prayer. Okay. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. All right, Lord, we come before you in the name of Christ. I lift up every listener today on this podcast and uh, the future uh, listeners on this episode, Lord, this prayer will cover all of it. I just uh, I pray, God, that um, man, uh, our words would be Your words, and that um, somehow You'd be glorified, and that marriages would be strengthened today because of this episode. And I pray that in Christ's name, Amen. Mm, thank our, you. Yeah, you're thank welcome. You. Okay, so um, going back to this. How to make your marriage an ideal place to hear and express feelings. You know, Stuart's got that right. Um, We hear that complaint all the time with couples. So today we want to talk about the whys and the what's of this complaint uh, we hear so often. So listen, by why, that is, why is it that couples struggle to talk about their feelings? And the what is... As a couple, what can you do about it? Yeah, you know, you and I, David, have had moments of holding our feelings just close to the vest, and we know that it gets in the way of being closer. Absolutely. You know, it hijacks intimacy. So It, It sure does. So one of the questions is, why do couples avoid talking about their feelings? You know, when we hear that complaint from couples, it it usually turns into an accusation Mm. against one spouse or the other. And my first thought usually is, you know, you have to look at the entire picture. And sometimes it's because there isn't a safe place that one spouse or the other hasn't created or is not that safe place to land. Exactly. One spouse or the other or both might use, um, you know, a critical tone or just have a critical spirit. And and instead of really listening and concentrating on the other's feelings, they start with a laundry list of criticisms or things you haven't done yeah. or things you need to do. And So um, the antidote mm-hmm. to that is grace, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, we... 
have talked a lot about grace on this podcast, but in my mind and in Stuart's mind, you know, grace is about what we call widening the margins for people. Mm-hmm. You know, like giving people room to navigate, make mistakes um, without criticism. Right. You know, or condemnation, you know. So in some ways, like the antidote to what you're talking about is bringing a mindset of grace into our marriages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when and that, it requires that you really look at yourself and analyze your actions. Sometimes they're automatic responses that we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah, and and we all know that's it's much harder to, you know to look in the mirror at ourselves mm-hmm. uh, than to you know look at uh, our spouse. And you know how does the scripture go? You know, like we are to like get that log out of our own eye, right? right. Before we take that little speck out of our uh, our spouse's eye in this context. Well, we've never said this is this journey is easy. <laughs> it takes the hard work sometimes. So Exactly. So, you know, let's talk for a minute about this mindset of grace in the context of like some examples. Like how can we bring, you know, uh, create a more I don't know, safe environment for people. Um like let's talk about that mindset. You know, uh, one of the things that I think about is, you know, even the the narrative or the self-talk, like, you know, um, it's it's important that I, I don't sweat the small stuff so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Like, quit sweating the small stuff that, like, hijacks my grace for you. Right, right. And that comes also if you have a very controlling spirit. I mean, somebody that is very controlling worries about Everything yeah. that happens in yeah. the house or in the relationship, just wanting to direct it. So, yeah, you've got to creating that mindset of having grace, like you said, giving one another space mm-hmm. and not sweating the small stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I uh, have this, um, this. Let me say that uh-huh. it doesn't matter as much as you're making it matter. Exactly. Okay. And you know what I call that? I call that divide by two. You know what it is, whatever it is you're telling yourself, divide it by two. But I was going to say, like, I, there's a, a guy in my life that I get to meet with, and you know, he uses the term uh, "spooled up." Mm-hmm. You know, getting worked up, but he calls it getting spooled up. And sometimes I think it's the narrative; it gets us spooled up in our spirit, right, emotionally, mm-hmm. and then it it makes it very difficult to like divide by two to not sweat the small stuff and then and therefore it makes it more difficult to bring grace to our spouse and make mm-hmm. it a safe place to talk about feelings and talk about you know what's going on in in our lives right so you know maybe one of those self statements is you know that this it's okay that my house isn't perfectly clean Right. Even right? though we want a, per, a clean house, there are moments when you don't really need to act on that to to bring it up as an issue. If you're going to create a safe space, let's say one spouse or the other just came home from work and the house is a mess and you want to start attacking each other on that issue. I can't believe you just said that. Because, <laughs> that, because that's what I was just thinking about. 
this this one couple that I used to work with, mm-hmm. you know, he, the complaint from the wife. Well, I wouldn't even call it a complaint. What what she was saying that really broke her spirit and made it feel unsafe was she would always look at the clock and be nervous about mm. her husband coming home. Oh gosh! Because he would come home and be critical about the condition of the house. You know, they had small kids. There were toys everywhere and whatnot. And you know, in his mind, what have you been doing all day? You know, right. kind of deal. Right. And and. You know, so maybe that's a good narrative for people who have that story. Like when you come home, like, is it that big of a deal? Divide by two. Divide by two and pause and take a breath. Mm, That's a good one. Uh, How about this one? It's not such a big deal that uh, one of you got tied up uh, like talking to someone and perhaps you held up dinner or some plan or whatnot. And I'm not saying it's okay to like be disrespectful, you know, like consistently, but divide by two. Right, right. right. And and get some more information about the situation until you understand. And, And I'm saying that my husband talks on the phone a lot and has very deep conversations. And so there are moments when it's okay to shut down those conversations because it's time for dinner. And then there are moments when I'm, when one of us can say, this is not the time to stop that very important yeah. conversation. So you know, what I, we're just talking about is moments where you can create grace and give each other room. Yes. I, I've, I've seen you work on that. I really have. The other night, uh, I pulled in, and I know you probably heard my truck, and I was out there a while, right? right? And I was talking to my buddy, Chris. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we were into a conversation, um, one that was important. And when I came in, you said to me, so, hey, who were you talking to? And uh, it wasn't in a critical way, or I didn't sense, you know, that you were mad at me or anything like that. Uh, But I love kind of your rule of thumb there. Like if it's something urgent going on at home, maybe we have to get rolling, turn right around and hit a meeting somewhere uh, and beat the clock, then then it's okay to come out and say, hey, honey, um, Um, we got to go. We got to go. But, you know, what I do remember is coming into the house and... You know, you were cool about it. It was like giving me grace. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let me say one more thing before we move on about creating this this safe space for one another. And that is your interpretation is so important, right? And what I mean by that is like when you see your husband or your wife like doing something, Right. Maybe it's out in the driveway finishing oh, I was a conversation. About to say, I have done that myself. When you've been on the phone, knowing that we plan to have dinner at a certain time, and you know it's cooked and ready to go, and you're sitting on the phone out in the driveway, I'm taking that a little personally. I have absolutely done that before. Sure. And that's my interpretation. And then I didn't know who you were talking to. I didn't go investigate and see how serious this was. And it was it a casual conversation or one that was really deep and needed yes. to continue? So, but I guess specifically what I mean by the interpretation mm-hmm. is that getting spooled up mm-hmm. sometimes comes from that interpretation that 
Wow, he's out there in the driveway, like, like just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about me, or he doesn't respect me, or right. she doesn't respect me. Um, mm-hmm. And and I just, or how about the the person that comes home um, and they're all spooled up right. uh, because the house is kind of jacked up right. because it got lived in that day. Um, but instead of you know, like having this interpretation that you know she or he has you know, been home, like, you know, watching TV all day and just being lazy or whatever it is. And by the way, like, what's wrong with being lazy for a day? You you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we just need to relax, but but not interpreting it as though it's some personal attack on me. I think that's what gets us spooled up. You know, these are such, in some ways, very subtle points to make about mm-hmm. the situation, but they can be so powerful when you recognize they're happening and you work to change it. Yes. And that's what we're in- trying to encourage you with e- here. Exactly. So let's move on. Like, let's talk a little bit more about creating an environment of grace, creating mm-hmm. this mindset. Uh, give me another one of your thoughts about that. Well, it- to create it, it, you can do it with actions and words. Um, mm. You know, have more conversations that start with gratitude and encouragement. Ah. Like, think back to that moment when someone's walking in the door from work or getting off the computer after having a, a Zoom meeting. Um, you know, encouragement with just, I know you've been working so hard. Is is there something I can bring you, a snack, a drink? Um, tell me about it. You know, yeah. just an encouraging moment instead of the opposite, being critical yeah. or controlling about the time. Or how about a conversation that just starts with, I'm glad you're home. Right. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you're home. It's good to see you. Right. Yes. Um, man, what a way to start an evening together, you know? Yeah. yeah and it's I've simple. Heard, it's I've, so simple. Right. I've heard of uh, families who have special ways of walking in the door. Like, um, let's say it's the dad. I've heard this where we walk in the door and go, the most amazing dad is home. Who's here? You know, kind of thing. And it just starts off with a great, great moment for the family. Exactly. So. You know, you know, I, I never want to miss an opportunity to talk about our dog. Right? Oh. <laughs> I, I uh, in fact, this, Last weekend, I was in Atlanta speaking to uh, a group, and uh, I took an opportunity there, too, to talk about my dog. And some of you have heard about our new dog. She's now six months old. But we named her Grace because (laughs) we both love the word Grace so much, but she's the epitome of it. So, you know, I was just thinking when you were talking about that example of like the husband coming home or the wife coming through the front door, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my favorite person, the most amazing mom just came through the door, our wife came through the door. You know, that's exactly how Grace like greets us when we come through the door. Right? <laughs> can't <laughs> like, jump high enough. She can't jump <laughs> high enough. Um, wow, we could learn some lessons, you know, by just watching, you know, our our dog, if you have one, you know, how they treat you. I know. You are, you've talked about this before, how dogs just, they don't remember how you left them out, mm. you know, in a hurry to get to work and you didn't really pay attention to them or, um, you know, they don't remember things like that. They no. just greet you with joy. They stay in the moment. And there's, mm. there's my mom, there's my dad kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think another um, kind of way or strategy for creating uh, an environment of grace 
um, and safety, if you will. Now, mm-hmm. remember, this is all in the context of creating a safe space to talk about feelings like heart matters. Um, but it, I think, you know, you were going to say something. It, and when we say safe place, we mean a place of comfort and, mm-hmm. a, and a place where, where one knows that whatever is talked about will be received mm. with understanding. So that's what we're encouraging you. Yeah, and not necessarily without, with. like, challenging, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but there's a difference in being critical and challenging somebody we care about, you know, w- right. with you know, lovingly, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think another, and these are just kind of small things, but friends, you know, I hope that you never walk away from one of our podcasts and say, well, golly, that just seems so... Trivial. S- yeah, yeah, trivial. Mm-hmm. Or like it's the, back in the days when I was coaching football, I'd tell my players all the time, the little things become the big, big things, things, right? Yeah. So It all matters. It all matters. So mm-hmm. I, here, here are some little things that I think become big things. Like... Just do doing small things consistently, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, uh, you know, making your bride's coffee in the morning and taking it up to her. Uh, like, that's big. Yeah. Or opening the car door every time you go somewhere. My husband does that, and I love it. So, Or other doors. You know, I, I hear you on that, and I think some may say, well, man, that's, that's kind of old traditional, yeah, is old fashioned or something. But it's nice. You know what? I know it's nice for you. Yeah, and that's why I do it. Right. If I had, um, if you, as my wife, said, you know, I, I can open my own door, and I, I don't really like when you do it, then I wouldn't do it. Right. Right. But I know you love it. Right. And it communicates to you that I care about you. Mm. Um. What I, I, I think another thing we can do uh, to create that safe space is to, uh, to pray together. You guys mm-hmm. hear us say that oh, a lot. Yeah, we so believe in that. It's such an intimate act, mm-hmm. you know. But not just pray together, like about all things. But you know, Stuart, how do you feel when when I pray for you? Like yesterday, you had like a two hour drive um, mm-hmm. to to go see a family member, mm-hmm. right? And before you went out the door, like saying, hey, let me pray for you, for safety on your trip, um, you know, that you have just a, a lighthearted spirit in, in your time, you know, with your mom, mm-hmm. that was the family member, you know, is goes well and all of that. Like, how did that feel And then I'm protected. Oh, it, it feels, it's a great act of love. It tells me that you care about me and that um, you, you want my trip to be successful and that... Um, you know that the time is special. So just knowing that you are so zoned in on what I was doing is just, it's very caring. And sure. Yeah. So which is it just an, another one of those acts of of kindness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh. that we can use to create that safe space. Right. And just, there's so many other things like writing small notes and sticking them some, you know, in secret places or making surprises or being intentional about, you know, scheduling time together. We, Mm. we talked about that in our previous episode about um, bringing play into your marriage. Now being intentional about creating moments of play will just change the spirit of your togetherness. Particularly if you happen to be spooled up again, mm-hmm. right. maybe not spooled up because of your spouse, but because of just how hectic your week has been or whatever. But, you know, so play, mm-hmm. like having play is so, so important. And, 
You know, when you were just talking about that, another thing that came to my mind was, um, and I, I, I think I've learned this in my own life, but certainly in working with couples, like changing a common role that's in your marriage, you know, such as like um, making arrangements for the for the babysitter, mm-hmm. right? To to be able to go on a date or a power weekend, just the two of you. But you know, I hear this so often. Like you know, a a wife will say, or most time it's a wife, but sometimes a husband. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it it just meant so much to me that they took care of that. Oh yeah, that they did it for you or instead of you or something that you're always doing. Oh, that's a great point. That is, that's a great thing to do, to change it up intentionally. Yes. Yes. You know, so we've been talking about why it might be difficult for people to share their feelings. And we've talked about that it's my, your, your relationship might not be the safe place to receive that. So let's, let's go back to some more of those whys. And I know this is one that that you like to discuss with couples a lot, is that sometimes people just don't know what they feel. Mm. Sometimes they call their thoughts a feeling. Yes. And so it doesn't become clear. Gosh, that's so big for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you folks have been following us for, um, you know, a pretty long time, you know that... Both Stuart and I are really big on our narrative or our self-talk, you know, so it's really important, you know, this whole idea that what I think or what I tell myself um, generates my feelings and what I feel generates what I do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really important to know the difference between a thought and a feeling. So I think a lot of times people will call, as you just said, will call a thought really a feeling. So to me, the rule of thumb is whenever you say, I feel like, Mm. then that's going to be a thought, right? I feel like, um, you know, I'm always the one having to get a babysitter. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's a thought. Mm -hmm. The feeling may be frustration or anger or, you know, just, you know, some kind of negative feeling that perhaps gets you spooled up or you know, get you in a, in a kind of a bad place. Well, let me ask you this because I just see it frequently on whether it's on TV, people interchange that terminology, feelings and thoughts, and they don't realize it like you're talking about. So why is it so important that we absolutely name our feelings instead of expressing them in a, in a thought? thought? Well, it's, it's important because I think People have a hard time identifying feelings, mm-hmm. right? They can much easier identify what they're telling themselves. Mm-hmm. So, but when they're calling it a feeling, then then it's misguided, right? right. If if I want to change how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. let's say I feel anxious mm-hmm. or angry or fearful, the only way I can change that feeling is by changing my thought. Or my narrative. It was Paul that said, you know, um, to be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind, to think differently. So if I'm going to change my thoughts into something that's true or rational, then I need to be able to distinguish between a thought and a feeling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think it's I think it's important that number one, we do that. Mm-hmm. But then once we tease out those 
things we're calling feelings, but are really thoughts, once we tease them out and really get down to a feeling, now it's easier to identify it. You know, what is it that you're feeling? How does that feel to you? Well, I feel um, discouraged, or I feel hurt, or I feel joyful, mm-hmm. or I feel happy. <laughs> you know, like those are feeling words. Um, or and, resentful. Or resentful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, it's important to be about to be able to identify feelings. And name it. Mm-hmm. Name it. You know, even with adults, some of you listeners out there, you've probably seen those feeling charts, you know, that oftentimes you'll see them in, um, you know, a, a a kindergartner or first grade, second grade uh, classroom. And it's just a picture of a bunch of faces, yeah. you know, that has I a... I had one of those. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I've used that mm-hmm. with adults, like where I'll pull that thing out and say, hey, pick out, particularly an adult that's having a hard time, right. you know, identifying their feeling. Pick out, like show me here, which one of these is most closely lined up with what's going on in your heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I I agree that that is difficult for people. Most, well, I'll make a general statement here. I bet most people just think mad, happy, or sad. Yes, you know, excited. Those are basic feelings and can't get Like the to, major ones. Right. And they can't really voice ashamed or proud, hopeful. Or, guilt. Yeah, guilt. And, Those kinds oh, of things. Yeah. So I, I think it's very important if we're going to, if a couple's going to work on expressing how they feel, mm-hmm. to really work on one, mm-hmm. distinguishing between a thought and a feeling, mm-hmm. and two, being able to identify what it is they're feeling Mm. and then have the courage, great word, to voice that, to communicate that, which, by the way, going back to our original point of creating a safe environment of grace, then, you know, even if I know my feeling, but I happen to believe uh, out of experience that my wife won't, uh, Take care of those feelings well, mm-hmm. but instead be be critical or you know right. that kind of thing. Then I'm going to hold those feelings close to my vest. Right, right, right. So we've talked about the the reasons why it might be difficult to talk about feelings. It might not be a safe space, and we gave antidotes for that. Um, this part about talking about feelings, we explained naming it, mm-hmm. but then. Let's get into actually having the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Of, of two people in a moment of expressing feelings and how that can yeah. either go it's, the wrong way or the right way. Yeah, that's good. It, it really is. I, I, I want to make one more point mm-hmm. about this feeling thing before we go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to have a nickel for every time over the years working with people particularly with men. Mm-hmm. I hate to say this, I guys. I'm going to generalize, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, where I've heard a person say, sometimes a woman, but mostly men, I've heard them say, 
hey, I'm just not good at expressing my feelings. It's just the way right? I am. And, well, yeah, my dad wasn't yeah. very good at it. Right. Right? Or, you know, my 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 mom wasn't very good at it. I've never done it. <laughs> you know? And I, you know what I say to that? Like, so what? Right. <laughs> you know, and I know that doesn't sound very compassionate, but my goodness, listen, I have the power to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So if... If I grew up in a family where my dad didn't express his feelings um, very well or thoroughly, then that doesn't mean that that's my script. Right. I can be different. You we know, can and, break that cycle. We can break and, it. And if you want a more intimate marriage, then this is the work you have to do. Exactly. And it's not easy work. Mm-mm. It's not. Um, and And by the way, what can make it easier is your spouse. Uh, I've said this a gazillion times. There is no better place than your marriage to be transformed, to work on these things mm-hmm. that are difficult for us. Right? right. So Amen. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I like what you just suggested, that we talk some about you know, uh, the art of conversations. Right. Right. To yeah. how do we do that to go deeper in our, in our emotion or feelings uh, with our spouses? And I, th- I think one of the ways we do that, um, and we've talked about this before on previous episodes about having great communication, is the art of asking open-ended questions. Oh, yeah. It's so powerful. It is. It is. Like questions that can't be answered with a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. You know, questions that invite your spouse to say more, to give you more than a yes or no. There are questions that start with what, how, you know, tell me more, you know, kinds of things. Well, um, yeah, I don't want to breeze over that. If mm-hmm. For listeners, this is this would be the point where I would take notes. If, if you remember, let's say, three things to say, tell me more. How did that feel to you? Mm. Or say more about that. That just opens up one. conversations. Yeah. Put those in your brain to remember them. And they work and it works with anyone that you're developing a relationship with or trying to go deeper. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, that's good. Say more about that. Yeah, say more about that. It, it's such How an invitation oh. to Man, to have conversation. Right. Right? And that's so, so important. And you know what else? There's a meta message in that kind of question. That is the message behind the message is, what you're feeling is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to know as much about it as possible. Right. When you ask a question like that. And that's what open-ended questions do. They just let it open up so that the person can keep talking. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm. Uh, give me another tool. What, well, what comes to your mind? A, a very popular one with you and I, of course, is paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Just the art of repeating for clarity and understanding what the yeah. other person said. Yeah. It, you know, we talk about this so much, how it slows down the conversation so that everything becomes clear yeah. and that you're able to check to see what the other person said. So Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I really like what you just said, that it, it allows for clarification. So I'm playing back to you something you just said 
So let, let's let's back it up. Let's let's say uh, I say to you. Um, so, honey, um, say more about that, and then you do. Mm-hmm. And now I paraphrase it. I play back what I heard you say. And there may be times when I do that where you say, no, that's, that's not it. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. And then I get to say, um, my, my bad. You know, I heard that wrong. Tell me again. Say more about that because I want to get it. Right. You right. Know? You know, it, we, we frequently get couples to practice this because it does take practice to mm-hmm. become good at paraphrasing. Yeah. But when they... Practice and understand that it does bring clarity. It becomes a very powerful tool. Yes. So, is there? Let's do a situation where we All can right. role play, play real quick, just to make this clear for everybody about right. paraphrasing and why and how it should come up. All right. So, who's going to ask the open-ended question? Well, you know, one of your. Okay, you go. <laughs> you know about okay. Uh, it could be cooking dinner or talking in the driveway kind of thing. All right, or how about something in real time? Like I know that you uh, just came back from uh, getting uh, an adjustment with the, the chiropractor. With the chiropractor, right? All right. So you walk in the door, and I may say something like, "So." Uh, uh, Hey, how was your adjustment today? By the way, open-ended, close-ended. Oh, open. How was? Yeah, absolutely. Well, some people might say, well, how was? I could say fine. Yeah. And then you would respond. I'd say, well, tell me what you mean by fine. So then he opens it up. It's an open-ended question again. Right. Right. Don't don't get stopped there. Hey, but versus a close-ended question where I might say, hey, uh, did your adjustment go well today? Sure. Yeah. yeah, you could say sure or yes, right? Right, but how was that adjustment Tell today? Tell me more. So let's do that. So how was the adjustment today? Oh, you know, every time I go see this doctor, I am just amazed at her skill level. She, she, um, she does adjustments not just with the drop table and not just with the activator gun. She will stand me up and and put her arms around my neck and lean me back and. And my spinal pop, it <laughs> amazes me every time I get yeah. it. And she did all of that again. Just amazing. That's awesome. So, paraphrase, so what you're saying is that it was really delightful <laughs> to go there. It sounds like she's very thorough when she's doing these adjustments. And you leave there feeling better. And you're just amazed uh, about her, like her knowledge and understanding of how to make you feel better. Uh, that's exactly right. Yes, that's what <laughs> I'm talking about. And that's why I want you to go to this doctor. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is you want... <laughs> I right. got it. Okay, so paraphrasing is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And Stuart kind of, she, she make it, made a, um, a point, but we kind of glossed over it. Paraphrasing also helps us slow down. Mm. So if I know that before I can respond, like give my opinion to something Stuart just said to me, if I know I have to paraphrase her first, then it slows me down. And more than likely, I'm not going to interrupt her or fill in her sentences, right? I have to allow her to finish and then play it back to her. And what that also means is, if I know I'm going to paraphrase, 
while she's talking, I can't be thinking about how I'm going to respond to her, that right, with my so opinion. Important. Right. Right. Instead, I'm going to listen, play it back, make sure that I heard it correctly. All this is creating a safe space. And then I respond to her. Mm. Huge, huge, huge. Huge what you just talked about, David, because that is one of the other um, problems with communicating is that we don't always take time to listen. Yeah. To truly hear what the other person is yes. saying. Yes. And by the way, parents, for those of you who are parents, <laughs> this is really, really good for kids Works too. With kids, all of it. Wow, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. Hey, I want you to talk about this. And it's the difference between using you statements and I statements and, and talk about it because it comes up when there's a critical environment in the household using. Uh, you versus I statements. Yeah, you know, I, I would just, you know, there's power in words. I mean, period. And that's why I, I'm so big on people's narrative and their thinking, because thinking is made up of words. My narrative is made up of words. So it's important that we use words that are true and rational, right? Words are powerful. I mean, think about this. You know, that's uh, words is how God created this joint with a spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know, let there be light. There was light and so on. So words are, are very important. Um, there's a difference between you and I. When I talk to Stuart and I say, you always are you fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. That is a word that generates defensiveness. Oh, automatically. Automatically. You know? it's, like, it's like pointing a finger, which you, you moved exactly. your hand when you were talking. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, so you make me feel mm-hmm. versus I feel um, disappointed when yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But I'm owning the feeling. Right. right? So and revealing so much. Yes. It exposes mm-hmm. my heart. So golly, folks. I really, and Stuart, I know, agrees with this. I, I strongly suggest that we take the word you mm. out of our vocabulary. Oh, great idea. Um, in most circumstances mm-hmm. when we're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Really, really important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that one takes practice. You have to learn to stop yourself when you're about to say you and change it. To a mm. statement about self, I, I, I feel, feel, I think, I am thinking this. Mm-hmm. I want, right, right. It's it's. I just, need. It's ownership, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I want to talk about one more thing that just came to my mind when we were talking about uh, paraphrasing, and that is uh, what we call the empathetic response, mm-hmm. right? So empathy. Um, And we've all kind of heard this definition of empathy or description. It's it's the willingness, the choice, the decision to walk in another person's shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Where I I get in their shoes and really, really uh, do intentional work in imagining what it must be like to live in my wife's world or my husband's world, you know, what that must have felt like to them, right? Versus, you know, trying to think about, well, how should they have felt or mm-hmm. what would I have felt or, mm-hmm. you know, it's irrelevant at right. when somebody's trying to communicate their feelings. But empathy, 
like getting in another person's shoes, man, that totally is the antidote to being critical or judgmental, you know, that kind of thing. My, my goodness, you know, on a, on a macro scale, this world needs more empathy Absolutely. You know, among people. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Yeah. So what do I mean by this empathetic response uh, in the context of, um, of paraphrasing? So I want to go back to what you said about your chiropractor. Mm-hmm. All right. So I say to Stuart, wow, it sounds like that uh, your adjustment went really well and you were really impressed with just how knowledgeable mm-hmm. uh, your chiropractor is and whatnot. Um, wow, you must feel so relieved knowing that you found a new chiropractor in this new town we live in. Mm. Yes. Yes. Right. I'm so relieved. <laughs> so you understand that. And and you verbalizing my my feeling about being relieved. And- exactly. But but frankly, yeah. you didn't even communicate you mm-hmm. felt really relief about man, I did. I found a new chiropractor. Mm-hmm. That was my shot at it. Like because right. I was trying to get in your shoes. Right. You know, you're coming home with a skip in your step. Right. So I don't know. That's a good shot. You know, it's another step. Like we talked about earlier, how you prayed for me before I left on my trip. It's an act of love and caring. That's what empathy is, is saying, yes, I hear you. I want to understand. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, You know, I'll tell you something I hope we got to give them a a call to action uh, here in a moment. But I, I hope when people are hearing us, Stuart, that, you know, it's. Nobody leaves here like feeling shame or guilt, like, God, I screw that up so often. Or, man, and certainly I hope they're not saying, I wish we were more like David and Stuart mm. because we get this wrong too. Right. Right. But I, we don't want you walking away discouraged, but instead um, inspired to change the script, to change what you, the habits you're, you have created in your marriage around communication. And try something brand new. Like, we can do this. We can all do this together. And we're just kind of giving you some insight and maybe a few tools that you could use to begin pulling that off. So be encouraged, people. Be encouraged. (laughs) And remember that David prayed for you before we started. (laughs) Exactly. we knew that we were going to ask you, and this is the the first call to action, we're going to ask you to sit with yourself and think about that question of, how do I contribute to a not so safe environment for my spouse to start, you know, sharing their feelings? What is my part in that? Mm. Am I overcritical, controlling, too busy, you know, missing the opportunities to be in the moment and have empathy? Take a look at that. And and that's your first call to action. And we, yeah. we say that with love for you. That's really good. And and while you're doing that, uh, kind of call to action number two, identify some of those things you can do uh, that would be more inviting for your spouse to mm-hmm. share their feelings. All those acts of kindness and love that we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go back and review that and like, oh, that would work for us. Or maybe you you can think of something else in that same spirit mm-hmm. that would work better for you. But or what something are, yeah. you used to do and you don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it was powerful. As small, you know, we're talking about the small acts. Yes, that we are. Just the small things. Convey the, those feelings of love and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I want you to talk to me kind of things. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Now, perhaps you're the one who finds it difficult to share how you feel. And I was thinking that as we were talking. What if what if the person is saying, I'm the one that can't share? Yeah. How can think of how you can be more intentional about doing so? And if it would create more intimacy in your marriage. I mean, usually that's a question you can answer right off. You know that holding back your feelings is is kind of a barrier to your growth with your spouse. And, and more than likely, you've gotten that feedback mm-hmm. from your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get you to talk about your feelings. You know, it's so hard to know what you're feeling. Instead, you act on your feelings. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? But, you know, that, that's a great call to action right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how could you create more intimacy in your marriage? Or would it create more intimacy in your marriage if you were to take more risks uh, with your spouse? And also, I would add to that, you know, coach your spouse up a little bit about how to make them safer or how to what they can do to make uh, make it feel safer to you. Mm-hmm. To share your feelings. And, and if you've been the one to hold back, it's okay to start with, I, I apologize, and I want to do this better. So Yeah, that's a go good word. Go good it. word. Mm-hmm. Hey, folks, I want to tell you real quick before we end this, uh, we've mentioned this on a couple of episodes already, but we are very, very close to doing a large launch, uh, like an official launch to our Red Truck Marriage Mastermind group. Uh, You can go to redtruckmarriage.com and learn all about it. But like these things we're talking about today, uh, we're going to give people like coaching big time. Like we're going to be so much more involved in your life, in your marriage, uh, in helping you way more than what a podcast can do because it's going to be real time and it's virtual uh, it's going to be in a community of uh, just a select few other couples who are also joining us uh, to enhance their marriage and learn ways to make what we call God's best in marriage. Which I see is the best part, having the community to share with and to hear from and yes. uh, connect with. And this, you know, this mastermind is also going to give us a platform with you to walk with you every week. And for you to walk with us and with other couples who are really, really trying to grow their marriage into something they never even dreamed they could Mm, have. Right, right. right. So, right. If you want to read more, go to redtruckmarriage.com. And remember, we love walking with you as we all try to navigate marriage. And it's not good to do it alone. Yes. So please, folks, remember to always drive the red truck in your marriage, delivering that good stuff, (laughs) right? So um, bye for now.